0: edition of the geek confidential podcast brought to you by geekconfidential.com it's mother's day week so we decided we are going to do a top five superhero moms which is more difficult than you think joining me today i have dan pierce welcome dan
1: the amount of dads that show up in superheroes is absolutely ridiculous note to future superhero writers write about more moms
0: The number of uncles and aunts outnumber the number of moms. Also joining me today, Mo Walker. Welcome, Mo. Hey, everybody. Mel was going to try and make this podcast, but it didn't work out. I know how much she loves Top 5, so I know that she's here in spirit. But let's kick it off. Number 5. Mo, who do you have?
2: Well, I'm diving into the comics realm for my first pick, which is Jean Grey from the X-Men comics. So... Just to give you a little bit backstory about how she ends up being a mother. So during the 1980s, Jean Grey was presumed dead. It was after the Phoenix, after she uh, went through this the whole Dark Phoenix saga in the X-Men comics. And Cyclops ended up marrying this redheaded woman named Madeline Pryor. Well, fast forward to the, to the latter part of the 80s, turns out that this, the woman that Cyclops had married was a clone of Jean Grey, and they had a child that is named uh, Nathan Christopher Summers. So, turn, the, the clone of Jean Grey, Madeline Pryor, ends up dying. Cyclops and Jean Grey ends up raising the child. After, dun-dun-dun, Jean Grey comes back from the dead in pure soap mode. So, But the story doesn't end there with those two. They actually end up traveling into the future, thousands of years into the future, through body swapping in order to raise this child, Nathan, after he has been sent into the far future uh, in order to save his life after he has been infected with the virus from apocalypse. Now, The child ends up growing up to be a character that will be co-starring in the upcoming Deadpool movie, Cable.
0: Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I am glad you are on this podcast because I love comics. But (laughs) I am no way, shape, or form do I consider myself to be remotely knowledgeable about them. I have dipped my toe in years ago and then I've sort of gotten back into them recently. So I do not have the experience or knowledge, but I've heard some of the stories. I listened to a podcast, um, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. I listened to the Geek History Lesson podcast, and both of those are wonderful for people like me who enjoy certain comics which tend to be DC-oriented, and you're able to get a lot of knowledge from them just by listening to their stories. And from what I understand, the Jean Grey stuff can be nuts.
2: Yeah. Very soapy. I mean, I mean, it oozes soap. Um, So yeah, yeah. Lots of soapy goodness. Again, um, it's very weird with Jean Grey being in a mother thrown into this situation when, in fact, she also has another child from an alternate timeline with cyclops named rachel gray summers and it's just weird that she was never in the comics they've never really portrayed her as having any sort of motherly instinct towards rachel but there's a number of of x-men comics in the latter party 80s particularly a series called x factor the first volume in which gene gray is a mother to her clones child
0: and see, I was going to try—I um, thought about, as part of this list, putting Storm as a mother because of the she plays the head of the Institute so often. But I thought that that might be stretching the rules just a little bit further than I could get away with. <laughs> okay, Luke. So— <laughs> Okay, so that was um, one of those things where I was like, okay, she's a mother to all these young, impressionable runaways, people who've been abandoned, children who may not have been abandoned, but are there to try and strengthen their talents. And she is a mother figure in the comics in the in that respect. But I'm like, can I get away with it? I'm not sure if I can. I know if Mel was here, I couldn't get away with it. So um, maybe I should have tried it since she's not here, but I
1: didn't. Dan, who do you have at number five? I would have given you a hard time, Luke. It's okay. Uh, no, but for number five, I'm diving into my own background with the tokusatsu. And I am picking uh, a character from Saban's Masked Rider, uh, Barbara Stewart, uh, as played by Constance Keita. Uh, She, While she is, during the two seasons of Masked Rider, uh, she's kind of the homemaker type. She really, really takes care of the, the family dynamic and stuff like that. But toward the uh, the later part, as the show is wrapping up, Uh, the main villain of the show count dragon uh, decided to kidnap one of like one of his generals wasn't doing the trick so he like puts her in a jar and then kidnaps the mom and brainwashes the mom to become uh barbaria instead of barbara do you get it ah it's funny um but when it comes time for Barbaria to finally finish off Dex, the main character of the show, who becomes Masked Rider, uh, she can't do it because in the end her love for her adoptive son saves her life, saves Dex's life. And it's just like that kind of really cool story. Now there's some shady stuff in the background, don't get me wrong. Saban Brands was not super, uh, super PC when it comes to a lot of their creative decisions regarding this, this it, it actually kind of makes me mad but at the end of the day they, they, they were able to tell kind of a mother-son story in a way that a lot of the shows in tokusatsu at the time weren't telling it was a lot of there's a lot of brother and sister stuff. There's always dad and son stuff, but you never get uh mom and daughter or mom and son until later seasons.
0: I literally have no clue about anything you just said other than <laughs> it sounds interesting, but I'm so confused. That the Just the main... by the names alone that I could never pronounce, the, I'm confused. The...
1: The main takeaway from the show, Masked Rider, was it was an early role for uh, Vern Troyer. There's a lot of stories from him on set showing up on a scooter with two women and a cigar in his mouth. Um, it, it's one of those things where the show didn't have that big of an impact, but is still considered one of the two Power Rangers spinoffs to ever exist. So there's that.
0: Okay. Coming in at number five for me is someone who from... Dan's beloved Arrow and and someone who I think brings some much needed humor to the Arrowverse and that is Donna Smoke because the first time that she arrived Felicity was really nervous to have her show up and then the moment she arrived it, it was just like Everything about Felicity sort of made sense, but at the same time, Oliver's reaction to Donna was hilarious. I would love to see her in at least three to four episodes a season so that we can have more humor in this show because I think that that's one of the things that Arrow is desperately in need of. But she is not the mom Felicity wants. But she's sometimes the mom that Felicity needs. So she's my number five. Who do you have at number four, Mo?
2: I'm going with a relatively recent addition to the television, the superhero mom's uh, uh, pantheon, and that's Dr. Lynn Pierce, played by Christine Adams from the CW's Black Lightning. So. Dr. Lynn Pierce is this is this interesting mother because she doesn't have any superpowers. She's not, I would say, in a lot of the action in on Black Black Panther, but when you're you're talking about the heart of the show and grounding the characters, particularly her two daughters, and being a foil for her ex-husband, Jefferson Pierce, she is an amazing character she exudes a lot of the qualities that you have in a mother yes she doesn't agree with her her daughter's her daughter's choices especially (laughs) when thunder goes out and starts uh being a vigilante but at the same time as a mother she tries to arm her daughter with knowledge that she needs in order to stay alive and again um we see this evolution of this character throughout the first the first season of Black Lightning, where she is staunchly against Jefferson donning the Black Lightning suit. It is the main reason why they broke up in the first place was his alter ego. But slowly but surely, you know, her character arc changes and she sees how First and foremost, she sees that Black Lightning is necessary in order just to keep her daughter safe. And then second, she begins to see how much of a difference that Black Lightning and Thunder makes. They have a, a much of an impact that they have on Freeland. And by the end of, of the first season, you know, she's fully she's not she's not overly excited about both of her daughters have the superpowers, but she's fully engaged and committed and being a supportive individual. And I think those are the reasons why uh, Dr. Lynn Pierce deserves to be on this list. Plus, she is a brilliant geneticist. and and hopefully we'll get to see more of her her background and her work in the second season.
1: Dan, who do you have at number four? Well, for number four, i I'll admit I didn't watch the full run of the show, but I watched the first two seasons where this character uh, lived and tragically passed away. Uh, I'm talking about Nikki Sanders from Heroes, uh, played by, uh, played by Ellie Larder, um, she was a total badass with her super strength and her various powers, and she was just a good mom to Micah, and she stood by her man, and I—I was—and then she ended up saving Molly, and I was just—it was just like this really cool journey, and I really enjoyed the character, and then they had to kill her, and then bring back like, the you know, oh, there was actually triplets or something, I. I didn't really get that whole part of the story, but I just, I really enjoyed her uh, during that run. And yeah, that's why uh, she'd be my number four.
0: Coming in at number four for me is Caitlin Strucker from the gifted portrayed by Amy Acker. Like uh, when Mo is introducing his pick from Black Lightning, for a moment, I thought we were going to be having a tie at number four for each of us having the same pick because many of the things that he described about the mother on Black Lightning also apply to Caitlin Strucker on The Gifted. She doesn't have powers. She is having to deal with her children having powers. She's having to deal with the revelation that her father had or her husband had powers. They're on the run from Sentinel Services and... And what I love about this character, and part of it is definitely because of um, Amy Acker, is just the spine that she has in her. There's something about Acker's portrayal of her characters in the in the multiple shows that I've watched her in, but she p- can deliver a character that just will, like their spine will be steel they will be resolute and they will go through with what needs to be done but in this on this show she still has that but she has a little bit of a softer side because she's a mother and she's worried about putting her children in danger so for me she's at number 4 who's your number 3 mo
2: i'm going back to comics and my pick is Someone you may have heard of, if you've listened to this park podcast, her name's Emra Arden. Her uh, codename is Sattergirl. Girl. She's currently on Supergirl, or rather, a version of her is on Supergirl. And I can tell you, you know, if, if you see this character, also appeared on Smallville many years ago, and she also co-starred in a cartoon called The Legion of uh, Superman, uh, Superman: The Legion of Superheroes, that was on. Kids WB back in the uh, mid-2000s. Emma Arden and, again, this just cast out everything you've seen about this character on Supergirl. In the comics, she is not married to Monel. She is married to another Legionnaire. His name is Garth Rand. Um, his codename is Lightning Lad. The two of them are the founders of the Legion, and they ultimately got married, you know, the classic couple, um, who fall in love and 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 they kind of make it work in a lot of ways. A lot of this is parallel to uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey, but Saturn Girl didn't die. Instead, the couple they have twins, and the and again, like the soapiness of the X Men. Saturn Girl's twin, one of her twins, it's snatched away the moment is it is it has been born, by the villain Dark Side, and is changed through genetic manipulation and becomes one of the Legion's most fiercest villains Validus and is sent back in time in this hulking monstrosity that is Saturn actually Saturn Girl's son ends up killing one of Saturn Girl's teammates and eventually Saturn Girl discovers that this that this creature this villain that this team has been fighting for years is actually her child and and as a mother, you know it's it's. What's interesting about this character is Shatter Girls is um a working mother. Okay, um, she you know she leaves at this at this point when she has her children. She leaves the Legion of Superheroes for for a bit of time, but then she comes back to the team. And that her husband, Lightning Lad, he actually retires from the team and stays at home to raise the children. And it's this and when this was happening in the comic books, this was in the 1980s, so it was this very interesting dynamic here where we had, um, you know, the female, you know, this powerful telepath who, who, you know, who's showing her children that, you know, I can have it all. I can be, you know, a mother and a caregiver, and I can love you and everything, but at the same time, I can have I can have what I want and what fulfills me. And I think that that's very important, you know, in in portrayals of, of motherly characters. Is, it's to show that, you know, they're not just a nurturer and a caregiver, but that these women, you know, have desires and they have wants and they have careers. And I think that, you know, Emma Arden, the comic book version of Saturn Girl, really embodies this.
0: Okay. Dan, who do you have?
1: I have, uh, and I'm gonna butcher this name, uh, Queen Hippolyta. Hippolyta. Yes, Queen Hippolyta from Wonder Woman, as played by Connie Nielsen, uh, in Wonder Woman and also in uh, Justice League. She was super cool and had like a completely justified reason of why she wanted to like, kind of sequester her daughter in terms of like. Okay, so, you know, we this is kind of just the way things are and stuff like that. And we, we're trying to protect ourselves and all of these things. And, you know, obviously being challenged by that when Wonder Woman leaves, we see when Justice League comes around that she kind of isn't afraid to look to the outside, look to Wonder Woman... To kind of ask for help, she's not too proud, and I—I I honestly believe she really loves her daughter a lot, and for that, she gets my number three. Okay,
0: my number three is someone who's get who is going to be the star of an upcoming movie this summer, Elastigirl from The Incredibles, because. In the first Incredibles, she had to wrangle her family, her daughter, her son, and the little baby with powers, and then have to put up with her husband on top of it. They are literally like a Tim any type of Tim Allen show meets the superheroes. And Holly Hunter does such a good job of bringing this animated character to life. You feel for her, you feel her exasperation, you feel her dedication to her family, you, you feel her sometimes frustration with her husband, but love at the same time. And now in the next movie that's coming out later this summer, this is a character that is going to be the focus because she's good PR for superheroes in that universe. So coming in at number three for me is Elastigirl from The Incredibles. Mo, who do you have at number two?
2: Well, Dan, you know, I've also got to go with Hippolyta as played by Connie Nielsen from um, 2007's Wonder, uh, 2017, excuse me, Wonder Woman and the Justice League films. And you know, what's interesting for me, just coming from it from a, 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 a fan of the comic books, to see this portrayal of Wonder Woman, it is this interesting kind of. Uh, dichotomy between this hardness and this softness and for you know for most of the film you know you see Connie Nielsen portraying this this stern powerful woman you know who is in charge of these Amazons and that they're this fierce fighting force and that they're constantly training constantly training and you know there's this point where she shows the softer side to her daughter Diana, and that she's trying to shield her away from this hardness of life and, and, and so forth till she comes to this this point, this conclusion where she can't shield her daughter anymore. And that her daughter's powers are starting to manifest, and that she needs to start preparing her daughter for what's to come. And you know, in in the comics, you know, there are these periods of time where and it depends on the creative team and the writers, these regimes you know, there's so much of a hardness to um, Hippolyta that she's not she's she's not very motherly. She's very manipulative, and and uh, for instance, in the '90s, she she manipulated uh, Diana into losing the mantle of Wonder Woman. And there have been times in which Hippolyta has created doppelgangers in order to take the place of Diana so Diana wouldn't get get hurt. And and so, you know, what I like about Connie Nielsen's version is it's not a wash with all this backstory and all this drama, you know, it's, it's very straightforward. You know, it, it, it's very much this mother who is trying to teach her daughter these lessons, but at the same time, she, she, she wants to, um, she wants to keep her daughter as much of a child for as long as possible. But at the same time, she knows that she needs to prepare her, her daughter for, um, um, for life's challenges. And, and, and that's why I really liked her, uh, Connie Nielsen's portrayal of, of Hippolyta in, in both films.
0: Dan, who do you have at number two?
1: I have uh, Ramonda, as played by Angela Bassett, in Black Panther. Yes, uh, she is wonderful. She wears these fantastic dresses. She is able to give her son a little grief while being supportive, you know, as any mother would. And she's just such a strong role model for just all of her people in Wakanda, and it's just Angela Bassett just knocks it out of the park, and I love her, and uh, it, it's so wonderful. And we need more of her in any future Black Panther appearance. Um, I'm hoping she survived Infinity War. No spoiler. We don't
0: know. We ne- we never saw what happened to her.
1: Yes, that would have true. been a
0: nice that would have been a nice touch if she was like looking out a window and then evaporated.
1: Oh, that would have been I I don't know if my heart could have taken that because it's like bad enough that we don't know what happens to like Shuri and we have to watch M'Baku just like freaking out with his eyes like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? Um, it, but it just... we digress. Yes. So, um, yeah, no, Ramonda definitely gets my number two.
0: Uh, My favorite moment of hers from Black Panther was when Shuri was walking away and flipped off her brother. And all she said was, Shuri, without even seeing it, it was total eyes in the back of your head, mother mode. And I loved it. (laughs) Coming in at number two for me is someone who has already been mentioned by both Mo and Dan. Hippolyta from Wonder Woman, portrayed by Connie Nielsen. She is so badass. When I grow up, can I be her? I just won't. I mean, she is badass. I'll leave it at that because you guys have described so much of what is good about this character. It should be interesting to see who we have at number one. I wonder if this will be a three-way tie, but as yet, we have not gotten... Dan has not revealed what he foreshadowed prior to the podcast about possible loopholes. So... We shall see if this is a three-way tie at number one or not. Mo, who do you have? Do you think, is it who I think you might have picked?
2: Possibly, but...
0: Which version?
2: I'm going to go with, she has been part of this character's mythology for a number of decades, uh, playing smaller roles, but when she took on this motherly role during in the 2000s, she really showed a lot of range and made possible. It, it created what I consider the perfect version of this character, certainly for the modern era. And I'm talking about the one and only Martha, not Wayne. I'm talking Martha Kent uh, from Smallville, portrayed by. Annette O'Toole, who, if you will remember, played uh, Lana Lang in the old Christopher Reeves movies. And what I loved about Lana Lang—sorry, uh, excuse me. What I loved about Annette P- O'Toole's portrayal of Martha from Jump is, is that both her and Paul Kent, played by uh, Schneider from the Dukes of Hazzard, you know, they were— active parents because up until that point we'd seen a lot of uh superman's parents were elderly and in smallville you know annette o'toole was part of whatever was going on in in the case of the week or the mystery the monster of the week or whatever else was happening around smallville you know she she was you know the parent who was you know not only helping Clark try to figure out his powers and just understand who he who he was as a person, you know, he was also giving him advice on relationships. You know, if somebody was coming for Clark, you know, you best believe, she, she would go after them. I mean, how many times did you see Martha Kent on Smallville get a gun and go after somebody who threatened? Clark I mean remember she tried to kill a lot of Luther because he was trying to out Clark um and if if you remember as, as the seasons progressed and you know as Clark grew up you, Martha's role evolved on the show and and she ended up becoming a U.S. senator and and then she became a spy that was part of an organization called Checkmate and and it was just crazy you know it was just getting to like Scandal levels of of, cra- of motherly craziness, you know, long before Scandal came came out. So, um, you know, I will always love that version of, of of Martha Kent, and and I think that you know, the the Martha from Smallville has a lot of lessons that can be taught to the Martha that we've been getting in The Man of Steel. Um, Super, uh, Batman versus Superman in the Justice League films. You know that the which Martha. Oh, the the Smallville Martha and that
0: uh, cool. no, no. I was I was making a joke about which Martha, oh, Martha. in the Batman versus Superman. Which Martha, Martha was she supposed to be giving lessons to the dead See, one or the alive one?
2: Well, the live one because uh, Diane Diane Lane is, is is her Martha's just sad. I mean, like Jesus Christ, it's just she is just sad all the time. Well, and-
0: to be fair, that sort of goes with the son who has a stick up his ass in in every single movie, and I mean. Henry Cavill is such a talented actor, but in these movies, he literally looks like he has a giant stick up his ass and is just like trying with all his might not to let it go
2: further. But but that's why I think that part of the problem with with that version of Superman comes from the way in which those, those the parents were portrayed. Because you look at the Smallville way in which his the uh, the Martha and and uh, Jonathan Kent were portrayed, you know. That, he was an assertive figure. It wasn't like he, like, that Clark was all rainbows and smiles and everything, but he had this much more uplifting personality that he wanted to help people, and it came from, you know, the portrayal of Annette O'Toole as Martha, and you could just see it. There was just this glow about her being his mother, and just, and just, it just, it just, It it, it just helped infuse that whole show. And and the parents were a great part of of what made Smallville for me, especially in those early seasons, so good. Because I just didn't want to just see what was going on with Clark. I wanted to see what was Martha Kent going to do this week.
0: Dan? (laughs) If you don't have
1: Martha. I don't have Martha. I don't have Martha. Uh, Why am I saying her name? Why do you say that name? Okay, so Luke, you might because like, your mother's name is also Martha. No, fun fact though, my m- mother's name is Lynn, and my last name being Pierce. And I'm like, oh, what? Um, like Lynn, Doctor Lynn Pierce, the Black Black Lightning the oh, joke okay. oh yeah hey
0: yeah uh, that was one of those ones that i was going to need you to explain okay keep going yeah,
1: no i did the explanation it was it was a pick on there there we go so anyways um my pick is from an animated series called
0: atomic the
1: Co- o- atomic a- what atomic county okay And my pick is her name is ice queen as like originally portrayed by Kristen Cohen as originally portrayed by Kelly Rowan on the OC. Boom. That it's a superhero. It is a superhero. She has the ability to manipulate ice. She helps out the heroes and she is a great mother to the ironist and stepmother slash surrogate mother to kid chino on the entire series it was a 40 episode series that aired it was great granted it aired on like verizon Let's v- pause Tech.
0: here for a second you just chose some with with 40 episodes over the mother of Superman, who just celebrated his thousandth
1: issue. I, other than the uh, Batman v Superman and Justice League, I haven't really had a super ton of exposure to Superman. You, have,
0: you haven't watched Smallville or Lois and Clark Adventures? Neither. Neither. Hmm, it is not my place to take anybody's geek card away from them because everybody is a geek in their own way, and heaven knows I am really late. Like, because I had such a sheltered upbringing, I have to play catch up on almost everything. Uh, but you did not watch Smallville.
1: I watched 400 episodes of Power Rangers. I feel like I get to keep my geek card.
0: Hashtag priorities.
1: Yes, yes. Plus, hashtag, I'm really into soaps. So it, uh, okay, it, like it I of... said,
0: it is not my. T- Listen, Mo could probably take a geek card away from both of us if he wanted, and that oh, yeah. would be probably his right. It yeah. is not my place to take away anybody's geek card ever, but yes, Martha Kent is uh, my number one pick. Okay, also from Smallville because. As much as I loved Kay Callan in The Adventures of Lois and Clark, because I adore that series, that version of Martha was a very nice, supportive version of her son, as Martha is supposed to be, but you just they popped in here and there. It wasn't like Annette O'Toole's on Smallville, who, as Mo eloquently put it, played a pivotal part in almost all of the seasons there were some times when the stories like the senators and checkmate and that kind of thing where i i did some really drake hogus and eyebrow raising over some of that stuff but still i love the fact that she was incorporated in it i didn't have quite the problem with diane lane that Mo had i thought she was serviceable I, i she's a good actress i think that the Kent's issues with that movie have more, those movies have more to do with the writing, which I rest at Zack Snyder's feet as opposed to the acting, but not enough can be said about Smallville, and I feel like Moe, that smallville is one of those shows like that dan should have to go back and start watching like timeless and game of thrones what do you think
2: well we can give him some select episodes cuz lord you, luke come on to be fair you know that show went for 10 years 10 seasons no i like, like i'm totally episode. i'm to, I'm totally
0: yeah. giving him a hard time on I, this
2: i was going to say
1: that's like trying to get me to watch like and i did watch it but like all of friends Just, here you go, here's Friends. Except for double the amount
0: of time because Friends is 30 minutes and Smallville's an hour. (laughs) Yeah, you can't expect
1: that. That's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Maybe now we have a piece of content for Geek Confidential. The 20 must-watch episodes of Smallville for Dan.
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. I'll I'll get to see Justin Hartley. That's kind of cool.
0: Only if he's in those episodes.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
2: No, he had some. No, so I would. I would recommend a, 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 several of those uh, Justin Hartley episodes. I oh no, thinking.
0: I totally, I, I totally would too. I was just trying to like poke a hole in his bubble, <laughs> maybe because maybe. actually, actually, Justin Hartley as Oliver Queen was fantastic. And when they announced that they were going to be rebooting the and it was going to be a new universe, I really wanted Justin Hartley to be Oliver Queen because he was perfect in that version of the dc universe isn't
1: isn't uh isn't thad castles in there as well i feel like he's uh aquaman maybe
0: thad castle was aquaman
1: okay very cool i like that it's it's like
0: it's very 2000s early 2000s late 90s it's very that um but it is there are definitely some great Episodes in there, and I miss it. Though I do not miss. Oh, I, I was gonna say Lana Lang. That's not it. Lois Lang. Yeah, I I liked Lois. I did not like Lana. I couldn't stand her for the the entire run.
2: Well, I mean, by the by the time she left that show, you know, I think they had they had played that out. That that will they won't they, you know. Then she was she was ooh. Is is Lana Lang gonna hook up with Lex Luthor? You know, I mean, like I was, they, they kind of had jumped the shark by that point, and and I was, I. When she but, left, speaking I was of, up, but speaking of,
0: speaking of Lex Luthers, Michael Rosenbaum, my favorite Lex Luthor, by far, yeah, without question. Like Dan, you want to watch smallville for michael rosenbaum as lex Luthor, and that alone forget superman you watch him for lex Luthor. that is a fantastic appearance i would love nothing more than one of these flash episodes or legends of tomorrow episodes where they cross over into one of the alternate earths and they run into michael rosenbaum as lex Luthor on that planet That's i pretty cool I would have a geekgasm if that happened. Did you guys have any honorable mentions since you guys um, expressed my sentiment of this was more difficult than I expected? Uh,
1: I I didn't. And then you started naming people that like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, so Donna Smoke uh, and then Dr. Lynn Pierce. Okay. From Black Lightning. Okay. Mo, any uh, honorable mentions for you?
2: Probably my biggest one that hasn't been named is uh, Susan Storm Richards, the Invisible Woman from the Fantastic Four. Um, you know, again, she is a a working superhero mom. She has two children with 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 powers, but at the same time, she's able to balance you know the duties of being a superhero and being a mother and you know it's a character who's been around since since the 60 since the 60s and you know she starred in two questionable films you know hopefully she will she will She'll make a comeback. Well, three questions. Three I was going to... Well,
0: the first the first one I didn't mind. The first one I didn't mind. The, the other two weren't so great. I actually thought of her, because I know what... Like, having listened to as many episodes of various geek pod, geek history podcasts as I have, I know the story behind it, but I've never actually seen it on screen. And yeah. since I've never read the comics, I didn't feel it was my place to actually include it, because I was like... I need to have a little bit of familiarity with my picks if I'm going to pick them.
2: Yeah, and I, I think in terms of portraying mothers I I, I think literally if, if the MC if the uh, Fantastic Four ends up in part of the MCU, I think they, they should just start with a a an older Uh, Fantastic Four that stars a a uh, Susan Storm Richards and perhaps she has a child or two and it'd be interesting to see that portrayal on screen as her, you know, balancing the superheroics and and being a mother, especially because in the comics her her children have, you know,
0: a massive power,
2: massive power sets. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash GK Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash GK Confidential. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Mo is at Dr. Mo77. Dan is at Real Dan Pierce. We thank you for listening. Until next time,
1: so long.
2: Martha! Happy Mother's Day to you, all the mothers out there.